a big part of life is suffering. Everybody who's born is going to go through suffering and is going to die one day with all of the evil and pain that there is in life. What is there to be grateful for and why should we be grateful? Welcome to Talking with Intention, a Christian podcast about self-betterment through meaningful conversation. I'm Michael Collins. My co-host is Walter Somerville, and in every episode, we sit down to talk about something that we find meaningful or something that we're still trying to figure out. We're not experts. We just believe that life is better when we're intentional about it. I hope you love the show. Thanksgiving is coming up. Thanksgiving is coming up. Actually, my family already celebrated, so I'm what? in between Thanksgivings. Yeah, what, is that what you were doing last yeah, on yesterday? Saturday. Yeah. Why so early? Well, they're heading. They're my mom and dad are going to Mexico during actual Thanksgiving, and we're real non-traditional with it. So yeah. we had a barbecue instead of turkey, <laughs> specifically just because my mom likes to be non-traditional. <laughs> All right. So we're. Yeah, for me, smack dab in uh, Thanksgiving season, which is one of my favorite holidays of all. I yeah, think you wrote a Thanksgiving song. I yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's we gotta put that out on Spotify or something. <laughs> it's I really do like that song. Anyway, it's I think everybody loves Christmas, you know, but I don't think many people like Thanksgiving as much as I do. Yeah. It's just really I don't. special. I don't like Thanksgiving yeah. as much as you do. I do like Thanksgiving. Um, but And I feel kind of, I don't know, it's not quite right because really the whole reason for the holiday is like the pilgrims and that whole story, right? The pilgrim story? Of, I mean, I remember the story that I was told as a kid that was basically yeah. just happy-go-lucky. Yeah, exactly. And then the reality of it is the the kind of evil that was that yeah. took place which i don't know very much about that because i didn't take that much american history but that's not why you know the whole pilgrim story and eating with the indians you know isn't why i like thanksgiving but i was just thinking about it i was like man a whole holiday centered around giving thanks and a shared meal with family there's a, all the three of those things I like a lot, and especially the giving thanks part of it. I was sure, I was literally sitting here wondering if we were going to talk about the origins of Thanksgiving at all, um, and that was the first thing that came up. And I just because I was thinking about this because I know there are people now who refuse to celebrate Thanksgiving yeah. because of the way that the Native American people were treated um, and the horrible things that happened when Europeans colonized America, and I understand that it's horrible, right? And I like I understand wanting to to remember that and be be reverent, I guess, yeah, of the respectful. the respectful of the lives that were lost and the evil that took place. But I don't understand getting rid of Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's like they think that people think that because you celebrate Thanksgiving, you're celebrating Native American deaths. And I'm like I don't see that connection at all. Like where nobody says that that's what the holiday is about. It's about being thankful for the things that you have and for your family, yeah. you know, and spending time with your family. And, you know, maybe the, our best argument I can think of now is that you wouldn't have the things that you have that you have now if it wasn't for the way that the Native Americans were treated yeah. back then. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe. But 
what are you trying to accomplish, right? Because if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, you're like, okay, I'm not going to celebrate Thanksgiving because of the horrible things that took place. It's like, okay, is the world any better now? All you've done is gotten rid of the one day a year that people get together to be thankful for the things that they have. Like, that's all that you've accomplished. You can't go back and undo the horrible things that were done. The only difference is that people are not taking a day to spend with their families and be thankful. Right. I think that the trouble here, which shows up a bunch of different places, I feel like, is this feeling that the move to tear it all down to baseline zero instead of progress it forward an extra step. You know, so many, I feel like that's, how people feel about some really big things like the government and yeah it's like the church you know there's evil and there's corruption in it so get rid of it completely and start over which is like you the thing is you throw the baby out with the bathwater. there's a lot of good and a lot of progress that's been made definitely still some to go definitely still a lot to go um but you're starting over from zero isn't the answer you have to think and analyze things and and make sure you're continuing the good and leaving the bad behind because i think we it's kind of ignorant it seems like to uh underestimate how much work and good went into getting us where we are today the same thing's going on with racism something my dad was mentioning the other day actually on our thanksgiving (laughs) we were talking and he was just mentioning in his lifetime, um, the the progress that has been made in the issue of racism, it's night and day from what it was when he was growing up. But what he said was the anger and the just spite around racism where has gone up huge mm. amounts, whereas the racism... The Less actual, racism, but more hatred <laughs> more hatred it's and it's like definitely there's still a lot of horrible things being done and horrible you know acts of racism happening but i think you also have to leave room in your worldview for being appreciative of how far we've come yeah. you know and realizing oh man we've made a lot of progress yeah. for sure there's more to go but you know take it from where we are and progress it further rather than trying to level <laughs> level the building back to ground zero and build it from scratch. Yeah, I think about the same thing um, or something similar with the environment and, and environmental efforts and things yeah. like that. You know, we <laughs> there's a lot of, of the message of saving the environment is like the world's going to end if we don't do something and, and we're just making it worse every single day and it's just going steeply downhill and there's almost nothing we can do to stop it. And it just feels like it. There's it's inevitable, right? And something that I had pointed out, and there's a book that talks about it sitting somewhere near you, Walter, in this room. Um, there's a lot of books sitting near me, Mike. <laughs> um, Hundreds within one meter of me. <laughs> okay, I have too many books. Yeah. Um, but it's called... The Rational Optimist, and it talks about, at least at some point, and I haven't read the whole thing, but in some points it talks about environmental efforts, and I'm, I'm going to say some numbers, but there's a good chance that these are fairly off, because I don't have a great memory of, of it, but I, I'll, I'll keep the spirit of 
the idea, maybe not the exact numbers and letters, but um, basically, oh, there it is. Oh, is it? You I see found it? the book. Yeah. Okay. Yes. The rap. The the rational optimist. How prosperity evolves by Matt Ridley, and you can see I've only read a little bit of it, um, but anyway, something that I, I I heard an interview between Matt Ridley and Jordan Peterson, and I think they talked about it in the interview, and I think he talks about it in this book. Some basically, we've only known about the environment for like about the environmental crisis for like fifty years, yeah. something like that, right? And for the last 20 years, the environment's actually been getting better, not worse. And like it, air, we're foresting, forests are getting larger. Like the rainforest, I think, still has gotten smaller. But uh, the world to- total, there's more trees than there were now than there were 10 years ago. The oceans are in better shape than they were 10 years ago. And it's like, there's a lot of facts like that that I don't have in my head um but you can google it if you're interested it's not nearly like it is bad but it's not continuing to get worse for the last 10 to 20 years it's actually been getting significantly better and it's like we're we are making a difference you know i think the i think you're right and wrong because with something as with something like climate change or environmental Issues. I knew you'd have some sort of strong feelings about this because you studied <laughs> biology in college. Yeah, but. which doesn't make me an expert on it, but definitely, you know, you, you know something about it. You studied it more it. than I have, that's yeah. for sure. So, But exactly like you're saying, um, with something as complicated like as, you know, the whole world's overall environmental health, which is what environmental science is basically trying to get at, there's so many different facets it's not like one number. Okay, what's the health at? Oh, 65% healthy. Like, yeah. there is nothing like that. It's so many different little parameters. And so there's bunches of them, like you're saying, that are increasing. We're doing better on several different things than, you know, 20 years ago. A bunch more we're doing way worse on. And so yeah. you kind of have to you have to look at the mixed bag and and go into a little bit more detail but you're absolutely right the spin that we get on it in anytime people are talking about environmental issues is you know fire and brimstone <laughs> it's yeah it's yeah. all going to hell in a handbasket mm-hmm. which maybe is the message that people like to preach because it gets people to make to do things you know saying oh everything's getting better is like okay well i can relax and not i don't have to worry about recycling or not throwing trash out of my car window which is horrible around here. Right. But it would be nice to get a message that both emphasizes the need for change and also some hope. Hey, we have made some progress, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, if you go too far in the doom and gloom thing, it's the same response. It's like, well, there's nothing I can do now. It's over. Might as well give up. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I know we're getting a little bit Well, honestly, I know it feels like we're getting sidetracked, but really this is all connected to, we're talking about problems in the world and, but there's there's a there's still light at the end of the tunnel, right? There's still good, uh, there's still things to be grateful for, and everybody's got pain and suffering. There's you know if you if you aren't currently going through something that is just tearing your world apart, I bet you know somebody who is, right? It's it's like you only 
I feel like most of the people are only one, maybe two people away from somebody who's just going through something seriously devastating today, you know, and it's, life is hard. There's a lot of, of trouble, but you got to find things to, to make it worth it, right? You got to find things to be grateful for. You got to find things that give you meaning, right? And give your life meaning and give the suffering meaning so that you can endure it and get through. Because otherwise you're just compounding misery. You know, if you're miserable and all you're focusing on is your own misery, it's a bottomless pit. And, you know, people have been there before. And so being able to have, you know, some form of misery, maybe your life is pretty good, but for sure there's unjust things that happen to you all the time. And, you know, your own physical health being one of those things, all the time people are getting sick and having serious debilitating illnesses all over the place family are dying and so if you are focused if you let all the pain and you know what we're saying these hard things be the focus and not finding some glimmer of light and things to be grateful for then you're just sinking deeper into it rather than finding something that's worth being grateful for and then it i think it you know raises you out of it it lets you as jordan peterson would put it transcend your suffering and it gets your focus off of you a little bit if you're if you focus on the problems i think it almost always becomes self-focused yeah because you're focused on how the problems affect you directly um but you can focus on good that and you can be grateful for things that you know don't directly affect you i think it kind of gets you out of your own head and mm-hmm. shifts the focus off of you a little bit which yeah. is often a good thing i feel like that's a big part of a big source of of suffering and pain and misery from people is focusing on is the is pride basically focusing on themselves and how bad they have it and maybe even just which is really just self-pity which in self-pity is pride that's pretending to be humility i feel like in a sense it's you feeling like you're you know you're worthless or you're nothing and you've made all these mistakes um and just being hard on yourself is you know it's not the opposite of pride if you weren't prideful you wouldn't be thinking about that right you wouldn't be focused on yourself it's just you more of you focusing on yourself and it makes me think of a c.s lewis quote on pride where he says pride or humility isn't thinking yourself less yeah. it's thinking of yourself less mm-hmm. right or something it's not like thinking that less of yourself it's less, thinking it's not, of yourself less yes it's not thinking less of yourself it's thinking yeah so i was i almost had it <laughs> um in you know that I feel like connects strongly to just focusing on problems versus other people and loving other people. Right. It's, and you know, you can sometimes, I'm not not talking just about beating yourself up. Sometimes you just focus on, you don't feel bad about yourself. You just feel overwhelmed by the decisions you have to make or that you have made and the things that you're, the holes that you don't know how you're going to get out of. Right. And you don't need to ignore your problems, that's for sure. But sitting and dwelling on them isn't going to help you. You have to make a decision 
right? Make a decision about what you're going to do. Write it down. Come up with some sort of plan if you can. The best plan that you can have. Be willing to ask for help from the other people that love you. And then focus on your actions and how you can be of service to other people. Yeah. Right? Is that a good game plan you feel like? I think so. And I think... I think it's important to not to get stuck in this cycle of being a victim. And that's, I know that word is, you know, pretty hot topic, but that I don't want to quite get into, but just there's so many things that you're going to be a victim of your circumstances, you know, other people around you, not treating you perfectly or with the perfect, you know, respect or justice or anything but it's like man the world is so flawed of course you're a victim that's something jordan peterson says of course you're going to be a victim everybody's a victim (laughs) your goal should be to then rise above that or pull yourself up and you know you are oppressed in some way you're a victim you've been hurt you're being held down and held back by every single problem in your life. The question is, what are you going to do with your, the things that you have, you know, what what are you going to make of it? You know, everybody, some people are victimized or have more problems than others. Right. And you can be bitter and resentful about the fact that somebody has it better than you, yeah. or you can go out and do something. Right. And, yeah, yeah, that's what I there's this idea that we have to undo the suffering of other people, the you know, people who are have suffered the most and you know, it's good to try to alleviate somebody else's suffering. That is a wonderful thing to try and do. But when you try to do it to groups of people at a time, I feel like you're it 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 can't it doesn't work that way. It has to be more specific than that. It has to be one-on-one. And it's not something that the government or any group or organization can do. It has to be individuals helping other individuals. It has to be you and me going out, finding somebody who needs help, and doing what we can to help them. Right? not quite sure what you mean by that all the way. Because it what? seems like, like you can't reduce the suffering of a large group of people. Well, because it's not, the suffering isn't, it's, suffering's just as diverse as people are, right? Like, if I say, if I go to a neighborhood and I say, I want to alleviate the suffering of every single person in this neighborhood, not all of them are suffering in the same way, right? And trying to do some general thing isn't going to help everybody equally, it's not going to help everybody the same way, and some people, it might make things worse for them, right? Like... Let's just say you think about money, right? At least I do. The first, when I think about just helping somebody, I think about giving somebody some money. So if I were to go into a poor neighborhood and give every house in that neighborhood $100, for some people that'd be great because they can can take that money, they can buy groceries or they can buy shoes for their kid or something. And that'd be amazing, right? But other people, it's some guy living alone and he's an alcoholic, or he's addicted to drugs. And if I give him money, he's going to go out and he's going to kill himself. Yeah. Because gambling he's going to... Gambling addiction. 
going to get into debts with wrong people they can't pay off and or he's going to drink himself to death or he's going to overdose and you know money isn't necessarily the answer for everybody right and that's just think about one neighborhood so it has to be something where you go in you knock on the door and you get to know somebody and you have form some sort of relationship with them find out the best way that you can help them and then go and do that yeah right i don't think i agree with you um you don't think you agree with me (laughs) (laughs) i'll restate that i agree with you i don't think that's to say that broad strokes of help aren't generally effective for sure not a hundred percent but man there's so many parts of infrastructure in our life today through these broad strokes from government and smart scientists that have drastically improved quality of life now that's not to say people don't still suffer or are equally as miserable as they were before but man there's so many improved you think about like penicillin man that for sure reduced a ton of suffering. Yeah, that's Um, true. Maybe more than any other invention anybody has ever come up with. That's very true. And I guess, I don't know if I said large groups can't uh, alleviate suffering. If I did, I was definitely wrong with that. Um, That's, and I should, you know, and that's the thing. I'm I'm thinking about this as I'm saying it. I'm going to be off and wrong on quite a number of things. But I I guess I want to get, I just don't want people to have the mindset of, well, it's the government's job to go out and help people. Or it's, it's you know, whoever else is should go and do that. Somebody should really go and help that person sitting on the side of the road. I can't because I have to go to this meeting. But, you know, somebody should, right? Take on some responsibility if you for the suffering of the world. Yeah. That is, that's a powerful moment when you realize, because I think a lot of people think they don't have the power to do that. I don't, Or they don't realize that they do. I don't think there's a person on this planet who doesn't have the power to alleviate an enormous amount of suffering for themselves or the people around them or, you know, depending on the influence, the whole, uh, there's no limit really. Like everybody has the power to alleviate suffering. And like, I don't think a lot of people realize they do. We don't really, that's a big responsibility once you think about it. There's not much I can think of that's a bigger responsibility than the power that we have to alleviate suffering. Another thing, and I'm not sure quite where this fits in, but I was thinking about it and I was like, I think everybody on the planet has some amount of suffering slash things to be upset about and to complain about. And I don't think there's anybody that doesn't have something to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. The most privileged person in the world has something that causes them suffering and the most unprivileged person in the world has things to be grateful for um so it's all just a mix yeah and i think what that's what i mean it's a a cliche or a trope of kids movies and stories you see all the time is the rich person who has everything they could ever want and they're miserable and the poor person who's has nothing and is happy right and just shows and we we all seen that right but it's so hard to actually understand it i think and apply it into it's what we're focused on it's if we focus on other people and loving other people and 
you know, every, that's what they say. A gift is better. It's better to give to receive than to, it's better to give than to receive, right? It's another thing that we say and know, but we don't really know it, right? Because we don't act it out. And it, it's, it's all, it's so much about your mindset and what you're focused on yeah. more so than it is how many problems you have. I feel like that's another at least your your happiness is yeah and I'm stealing a bunch of things from my dad because we just had you know a pretty interesting conversation but one of the things he mentioned that I thought was really cool was he was talking about just people that are depressed or have anxiety which is a lot of people for some reason and for a world that has for a country I'll stick with America for a country that has so much infrastructure and so much more wealth and healthcare and so many more uh, amenities, and I don't know if amenities is the right word, but so much good going for it, there's a lot of depressed and anxious people. And what he mentioned was how valuable he thinks it would be for a lot of them to start helping other people not themselves, which is a crazy thing. He's like, okay, start with a depressed, anxious person who's really not doing well and ask them to help somebody else. And it's like, man, I can't even help myself yet. But I wonder if there's a lot of value to that because it's hard to help yourself. It shows you that as miserable and victimized and weak or whatever it is that you think about yourself, as as miserable as you are, if you have the power to help somebody else, it like shows you that it gives you you your own sense of value. It's like I can, you know, I might have all these problems, but at least I'm able to help this person, yeah. right? I, I'm able to accomplish this thing that improved the world for somebody else, right? And that, I mean, that's that gives you meaning as a person. It's probably good practice too, like it can be tough to figure out how to help yourself and sometimes just having an outsider's perspective you can you can really help somebody around you and then if you build up that ability to help you know you can help yourself better it's crazy the stuff that keeps us from helping other people too and i'm think i'm bringing this up cuz i saw a quote on instagram or something last week that just I just really resonated with me, I guess. And I don't even remember the exact wording. It was by a poet, but he said, a man walking down the street will refuse to give a homeless person his spare change, not because he doesn't want to lose the spare change, but because he doesn't want to unbutton his coat and pull it out of his pocket, right? And it's like we put so much more. It's like we don't care. He doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about the spare change. but he just doesn't want the inconvenience of stopping, yeah. interrupting his life from walking from one point A to point B along the street and reaching his hand out of his pocket to hand this guy some change. Even like, just doing something extra that you weren't quite planning on is an uncomfortable thing to do. I feel like that's yeah. the biggest hurdle to overcome. Yeah, of getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. Doing something that you weren't expecting to do, that you didn't have planned yeah, I mean, some people are better at it than others, but I know people don't like it when their plans get interrupted. Me, when their expectations, the yeah, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. That's something uh, C.S. Lewis writes about in Screw Tape Letters. Um, 
is how how much you can get somebody in a bad mood just by breaking their expectations. Yeah. Like if they were expecting to, if you were expecting that you to be able to get off of work at five o'clock, yeah. and you ended up having to work till five thirty, it's like you don't care about working thirty more minutes that day. Yeah. You care about the fact that you were planning to get home at a certain time, and now your whole Everything gets thrown yeah. off, right? It's not necessarily the 30 minutes of work. You've been working for eight hours that day. 30 minutes doesn't feel like anything else, right? But it's that breaking that expectation because you feel like you've been robbed from of something. Mm-hmm. Another way you could put it is like if someone's expecting to get a gift of $1,000 and they get $500, yeah. now you feel cheated or cheaped or i don't know what yeah it's like you took five hundred dollars from me yeah in reality they gave you five hundred dollars expectations and some people more than others like i know amy is a lot more go with the flow doesn't mind if plans change quickly and you know progress and i like to have a plan that's what it's things that are going you guys are like the opposite of summer and i summer on the weekends there's always like, what are we going to do? What are your expectations? What are your goals for the day? When do you want to? I'm like, I don't know. I uh, If it's Saturday, <laughs> whatever I want to do is what I'm doing at that moment. If I decide I don't want to do this thing anymore, I'll go do something else. And it's like, we just operate differently, you know? But yeah, it's, but I've definitely still had moments where I was expecting something or, or not expecting something and it throws me off and it's a much bigger deal than it would have been, you know, it's not necessarily whatever the, the thing is, the 30 extra minutes of work or whatever, but it's the breaking of the expectation. Yeah. So it, it's so much about our mindset, I feel like, and that's the pro- reason that we need to stop and be grateful. And I didn't want to bring this up before now, now that we're at least halfway through, um, because I, I want, non-christians to be able to listen to this and get something out of it but the truth is is like i we're both of us are christians and this is something that every conversation usually ends up we talk end up talking about god because it is the biggest part of our lives right but the verse where christ says my yoke is easy my burden is light something like that um at least my understanding that verse has always been that because we know the ending, because we know that God is going to win in the end, because we he will triumph over evil, we know that God, Jesus, loves us and he's forgiven, of, forgiven us of our sins and there's nothing that we could ever do to lose the salvation and the relationship that we have with him. It does Nothing else matters, right? So no matter what problems come our way, if we keep our focus on Christ, we can handle it. And Paul writes about this. He says, I know how to live with much and live with little. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. Which really I've always felt like should say, I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's like, it does not matter what happens, what troubles come because I don't care about the stuff. I don't care about the things. I don't care about the world. What I need is God and that's it. Everything else can come and go. Whatever problem, I don't, you know, you look at Job, right? The oldest book in the Bible talks about everything that was taken from him. All the, you know, his wife and kids, his wife died or left him. I'm pretty sure she is, ends up out of the story. Anyway, kids died. All of his animals died. 
his farm was basically taken from him or destroyed, robbed by bandits. I don't know exactly everything. Basically, just think the worst things you can imagine. He's covered in boils. He, you know, his health is taken from him. And, you know, he's through all the way up until the very, very end. He always remains grateful and gives glory to God. And that's how he, it didn't kill him, basically. You know, is he's able to endure because his focus was on God. Yeah. I think a lot of it goes back to what we were saying just before this about expectations, yeah. about what your expectations are. Because um, if you kind of go into the world and your expectation is everything needs to be just and perfect and yeah. I deserve these, this, this, and this. And if you could come into it with that, you get a lot of disappointment. And that's where you start becoming the victim of your circumstances. And it, you know, becomes miserable, which is true. That is miserable. Um, there's a lot of terrible things that happen, stuff that you didn't deserve that you did get, stuff that you did deserve that you didn't get. There's a lot of that. But if you come into it with different expectations and you, for Christians, it's kind of taking a minute to reflect on the depravity of man. As a sinner, I deserve death. And coming at it from that perspective, man, a lot of things look different. So much of this, I, pretty much everything that I've gotten, I didn't deserve. And now it's this, you know, your same circumstances from these two different points of view. And one of them allows you to be grateful for every single thing that you've got. And the other one allows you to be spiteful and upset about every single thing that you've got. Yes. And you're reminding me of the old Newsboys song. I don't know if you're going to, I think it's Newsboys. And I can't remember the title of it, but I know like the chorus says, when you don't get what you, de or when we don't get what we deserve, it's a real good thing. I think the song's called a real good thing, but they says, if we don't, when we don't get what we, we deserve, it's a real good thing. Yeah. When we get what we don't deserve, it's a real good thing. Yeah. And he's talking about the, the suffering and, you know, hell basically that we deserve, that we don't get. That we don't get and then the grace and mercy and love of God that we don't deserve, that we do get, yeah. right? And But yeah, you're absolutely right on this mindset of focusing on it. And it just makes me think of the whole heart of this podcast, which is living with intention, which is the idea of putting thought behind your actions and just thinking about the, the things that you're going to do. The same thing, think about, try to understand your situation, try to have perspective on on your life and how much everything that you have yeah. is a gift from God. You, you know, there's plenty of people, you know, there's that parable that Jesus tells of the guy, the man who had his farm was doing really well and he cut his storehouses, his grain houses were full. And so he built all new grain houses and filled them up. And then he spent, you know, years working on this and got them full. And then was like, yes, I can retire. And God comes to him in a dream and says, you're a fool because you're going to die tonight, right? You've wasted all of this time, you know? And it's just like, it's focusing on our, either the good things that we have, which uh, I got to be careful the way I phrase this, focusing on our problems and the, the things that are going wrong in our life and focusing on the things that we have in thinking of them as like, on how much more we can obtain on basically our possessions and not 
God who's given us everything that we have, both of those are a mistake. You know, you, know, you might feel really good about the amount of money that you earn or how big your house is or how expensive your car is or whatever, or you might feel really bad about not being able to pay your rent or not being able to afford a certain thing or something else, you know, and it's tough. I feel, I feel a little guilty telling people not to worry about paying their rent or, or their problems when they have people, because I know there's a lot of people, the majority of people in the world are suffering more than I am. And so there's a little bit of, of me that feels bad, but I also know that it's true that nothing else matters but God, right? And I might, I know that I don't have the best idea of, of I don't know how dark it can get. I don't, ha- I haven't experienced suffering to the degree that most of the people who have lived on earth have. And so I, and I'm, but I'm, a, I'm aware of that. But regardless, it's still true that nothing matters but God. And if you focus on Him, you can endure anything. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of a future topic we have coming up about stoicism. And one of the, one big thing in stoicism is what they call memento mori, which is remember death, is what it means. And it basically just says take a minute and remember that we're all, you know, everybody's going to die. You're going to end up with nothing. And that can be a terrifying thing, or it can kind of give you some perspective on the things that matter and so to take a minute they and so yeah that's something yeah that comes definitely. up very to, similar idea right there yeah for sure s- similar to what we were just talking about of remember what matters what we were saying with you know that parable of the guy with his storehouses what's the real things that matter here um and looking at it that way you have a ton to be grateful for i think um yeah, and like you say, you and I have definitely more on the side to be grateful for than the suffering, maybe, mm-hmm. than so many people. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that we live in America is one thing. Yeah. You know? I think I've mentioned it before. I saw something where this lady's interviewing about the 1% and why we should tax the 1%, and it was probably Jordan Peterson. He's like, well... What 1%? Because the 1% of America, okay, those are the millionaires and stuff. The 1% of the world is America. (laughs) You're the 1%. Yeah. So, you know, we have so much Mm -hmm. privilege and things to be grateful for, but the important thing is to be grateful for them. Yeah. It's like everybody has problems. Everybody is a victim. And everybody is blessed in some way or another, right? And the truth is that neither your your problems or your blessings are as important as God. Right? And but if you're not a Christian, the best advice I can give you is to is the memento mori, right? You're going to die one day, but and be aware that focusing on the problems and being overwhelmed isn't going to help you. Because it again makes me, and I know this like would be the th- at least the third episode that I bring this quote up in, the beginning of Prince Caspian by C.S. Lewis. Uh, Polly starts crying, and the narrator points out that, you know, 
it's fine to cry, but when you're eventually you have to stop crying and then you still have to decide what to do about the problem, right? And I feel very similarly about being overwhelmed and just yeah, and focusing on the issues. It's like worrying about it isn't gonna get rid of it, right? And ignoring it is just gonna make it worse. That's so you just have to face it and make a decision and then accept the consequences or whatever happens, you know, and do the best that you can. Do the that's really it is do the best that you possibly can. Yeah. And I think one of the best one of the things that's included in the best we possibly can, like you just said, is giving thanks. Yeah. There's a I think Billy Graham quote that is he is most glorified by us when we are most satisfied in him. I think that's it, um, if not very close. And it, it's really, if our whole purpose as humans is, which I think it is, is to bring the most glory possible to God, then gratitude is, I think, one of our biggest tools. I can't think of almost, I can really hardly think of anything better than being grateful. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I, I forgot that we're supposed to be talking about gratitude. But yeah, that's just giving thanks. And that's really, that's worship, right? Yeah. That's worship is giving thanks to God for everything. That's how we how we worship him is by th- just thanking him and yeah. being and grateful. I think it's really important because it, when we look at the things to be grateful for, we're looking at the ways God has showed us his love, right? Everything we have to be grateful for is God showing us his love, which the more we can understand how much God loves us, the more grateful and the more deeply we're going to fall in love with him. And that's what grows the relationship. And so being grateful not only brings more glory to God, but it also deepens our relationship with him because we learn and we recognize so many ways that he's loving us that would go unrecognized. I mean, I know there's things that happen probably every hour that is God taking care of me that I don't recognize. And so the longer I can spend trying to recognize and be grateful for the things God's doing in my life and the people around me, you know, that's just more and more me realizing, you know, stepping further and further out into his love and realizing, whoa, there's more than I thought. There's more than I thought. Absolutely. And he's infinite and his love is infinite. So you can keep stepping deeper forever, right? Which is amazing. I was thinking of a quote in Letters to Malcolm, again, by C.S. Lewis. Um, And this is something that Lewis just throws in as kind of an extra bit. He says, you know, he points out that he doesn't have any theological or Bible verse backing for this. It's just kind of the way he sees it. Um, is that there, you know, there are people in the world who feel like God doesn't know they exist or God's forgotten about them, right? Type of thing. And he says, he thinks if God were to forget about him, he would seem he would just cease to exist <laughs> the second god forgets about him he does not not exist any longer and i'm like i you know 
that you might have some issues with that from a theological perspective possibly but it, it's not supposed to be a big theological statement it's just kind of a an interesting way of thinking about it is yeah we're every breath that we take is from god yeah. right if he were to stop loving us and stop caring for us yeah. i think we would just stop completely. <laughs> yeah. Everything That's comes from him. That's how focused he is. Yeah. Involved in our lives he is. Mm. You think about all of the parts of your body that operate without you having to think about it. Yeah. You know, your heartbeat, right? You don't think about your heart beating. God now does. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't have to <laughs> consciously make your heart beat like yeah. the way you, you know, yeah. you know, you're, it's just something that happens. You're not aware about it. Uh, you're not aware of your heartbeat most of the time unless you stop and listen to it. But, you know, God is. God is focused on that. He's the one that makes your heartbeat. Yeah. Something I think about, too, is like in creation, there's not one kind of tree. It's not like, oh, there's tree. It's There's an oak. There's a pine. There's... You know, literally thousands of different kinds of trees. And God could have made a perfectly good working ecosystem that we could live in with, you know, there's one tree, there's one animal, one kind of animal. So why do we have the diversity that we do? I think it's just because God loves us. And it's like, this will be a lot funner for him. Yeah. We'll give him, there will be, the, you know, thousands of different trees growing and they're all different. And then there's, you know, thousands of different crazy animals and they're going to be and you guys are going to go run around and learn about all of them and catch them and eat them and you know do all this stuff it's like that's just for us to enjoy that's just him showing us a, one more way that's how he loves us is here's such a fascinating creation to learn about so this thanksgiving give glory to god right because everything that we have comes from him every good thing comes from him and he loves you yeah there's not much better that you could do than to be thankful for things give thanks 